How are you all doing this morning? Good. You got excited to be here, excited to share with you. Hey, can you help me give a warm welcome to our online fam? Hey, we are so glad that you are with us. Excited to share. So have you ever um, typed out a text or a message and just kind of stared at it, wondering if you had the courage to send it? Okay, there's one. One person has done that. <laughs> I want to take you back to the early 2000s, to the days of AOL Instant Messenger. Anybody remember those days? Anyone have AOL? Okay, a few people, a few people. You know, we had texting, but AOL IM was where it was at because you could do it on your computer. You had a keyboard, you know, and you could type out long messages and get instant responses. It, it, it was great. And so I want to share a story that's actually a little raw uh, that happened on AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, it was actually where God's light first broke into my life. And so I was talking to a, a longtime friend, but we were actually having one of the deepest conversations of our friendship. And I, I was kind of just sharing some areas that I was struggling, just really bad. And I, I was kind of searching and searching and looking for purpose, uh, looking for meaning. And during the conversation, I had mentioned that another friend had suggested that I go to this Buddhist meditation center called Vipassana. And Vipassana actually means enlightenment. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for light. I, I was looking for somewhere to fill this like this ache in this void in me. So when I shared that, my, my friend started to strongly suggest that this wasn't the answer. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth. And initially I was not open to what they were saying. But then they started to talk about Jesus. They go, you know, Jesus is actually the one you're looking for. Jesus can actually bring purpose and meaning in your life. And all of a sudden, like right there in that room, I felt this heavy weight on my chest. It was like pressing in. It was so heavy, like really pressing in. And, and it was like I knew what they were saying was true. I, I just knew it. And there was like this trust started to happen. And then I heard a voice say, just tell them what's really wrong. And then I wrote that sentence. That sentence I had never told anybody about. And like once it's out there... It's just, just no going back. And so I kind of stared at it and I tweaked it. And finally, I just, I click send. And what I shared is actually still a little hard to kind of share in the current culture we live in. Not, not everybody's freedom is celebrated. And what I told them, I said, well, the real reason I want to be enlightened is because I'm struggling with my sexuality. And I don't know what to do. It's like this whole dark world is like closing in on me and I, I don't know what to do and I, I, I need to get out of this and I, 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 I know there's something, there's something else. I don't want to go in this direction. And you know, everything that I had feared, like I was gripped with fear over this and everything that I feared, everything that I was afraid of didn't happen. Actually, my friends said, you know, thank you for trusting us with this. Thank you, thank you for trusting us. And you know what? No matter what, we love you. And I was kind of shocked. I was honestly shocked at the response. And it was like a hundred chains that I had been carrying. The weight of these chains kind of fell off. And I, I really kind of felt like something hitting my heart. Like almost like light was flooding my heart. 
And I realized that Jesus was the answer. Now what I didn't realize was that one click of courage actually opened the door to healing and freedom I, I never had thought was possible. Now, did I actually give my life to Jesus over AOL Instant Messenger? I might have. But I know this is what happened. That was when God's light first broke into my life. And it was like this flame in me just ignited. Like I just started going after Jesus with everything I had. And in the midst of that, he started healing me and freeing me of all these addictions. Like all these things I was doing in my life to kind of numb out the pain, numb out the hurt. He just started freeing me. And it was like that, that little flame became a blazing fire and started to consume my whole life. And it was just frightening and amazing at the same time. See, what I didn't realize, though, is that until I started hitting some low points in my journey, that God's light in my life didn't stay bright on its own. It actually needed to be nurtured. You know, sometimes we think of God's light as like a light bulb. You just flick that on, and we're good, right? But it's actually more like a, a flame. It, it's alive. It, it moves. It, 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 it's like ignites things. And that light actually has to be fed, like be nurtured, be cultivated. How is your light right now? You know, maybe you have been set free of some addictions or you got healing from depression or, you know, we're in an intense season that has anxiety all over the place and maybe God's light is broken in and there's, there's peace in your life. But we also have to realize that our light is actually under attack. With a season of so much anxiety and stress and even isolation, some of the things that God has done in your life maybe don't seem as bright anymore. They don't seem as real. And maybe some of those old habits or maybe even some new ones start to, start to become attractive. But let me just tell you this. As someone who has had a lot of ups and downs on my journey, no matter how much the darkness wants to snuff out your light, it can't do it. It can't snuff it out. Listen to this promise in this verse. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's John 1, 5. That's a promise. See, nothing can snuff out what God's lit. And so today, I just want to share a message entitled this, three ways to nurture your light. How do we stoke the fire that God has brought into your life? Would you all just pray with me? Jesus, we just welcome you into this room. God, I thank you for your light. I thank you for the promise, Lord, that we just read. That even though there is darkness, it cannot overcome your light. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We invite you into our lives. We invite you to shine your light. You can have your way this morning. We welcome you in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Julie highlighted a really powerful reality. Um, she, she mentioned all these, like, I am statements of, of Jesus, 
And one of those, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, which we can all pretty much agree with. But then he turned to all of us, to the disciples, and he said, you are the light of the world. Really profound. And so I actually want to read the rest of that verse. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So he says, you are the light of the world. Now, he doesn't say you have the light of the world. He says you are the light of the world. It's a divine partnership. It's not something we have. It's actually something we are. See, when God breaks into your life, many of you know this. You know, he saves you or heals you or frees you. It actually ignites something in you. You begin to shine. Now, something that God spoke to me a few years ago, it was really powerful. It kind of marked me. He says, he said, what I'm doing in you, I actually want to do through you. So the light in you that brought freedom, healing, or maybe it's like a choice that you made to live a life of purity. Not a very popular choice right now. But that light in you is actually supposed to shine through you, to bring light to everyone in the house. That's how Jesus puts it. So you could say that your freedom is a beacon of hope that shows everybody what is possible with God. But is that light that you have under a basket? Are you actually afraid to shine that light? See, the enemy can't put a basket over your light. He has no authority anymore to do that, but he can influence you to doing it. You know, our very lives are actually a direct threat to the kingdom of darkness. Our enemy wants to do everything he can to snuff out your light, to make it not seem as real, to make you doubt, to tempt you in some of the same places, to diffuse your light. And sometimes we can get really confused and we start trying to go after doing what is right rather than nurturing our light. Let me tell you what I mean. I want to look at the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, and he has some really great insight into, we're going to kind of uh, camp out, chap out, I don't know what a chapping out is, but we're going to camp out in Ephesians 5. Um, Ephesians 5, and earlier in the chapter, you know, he says, be imitators of God. And he kind of tells us some things to avoid. He goes, have nothing to do with these things, sexual immorality or lust or greed or crude language. That was your life before. And so I'm going to pick up in verse 8. He goes, once your life was full of sin's darkness. That was over there, okay? But now you have the light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Powerful. He says, your mission is this. I love this. Listen to this. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. I love that mission statement. I want you to think of that imagery. And there's, there's results to this. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. See, what he's saying is that when we nurture his light, when, when we let his revelation light flood us, 
the natural overflow will be goodness, righteousness, and truth. You see, if we try to go after the fruit, or we try to go after the breakthrough, we're actually going to be working really hard all the time. Like if I'm trying to be a good person, I'm going to get exhausted all the time. We don't get good fruit by trying to get good fruit. I know that doesn't seem logical to our minds, but fruit is actually the overflow of being flooded with revelation light. Man, I have just found this to be so true in my life. The more that I nurture the light, the more I do what's right. The more I nurture the light, the more I do what is right. It's a natural overflow. But let me give you an example in my life. So, I used to smoke. I know, everybody's shocked. Worship leaders smoked. Oh my goodness. Yes, I know, I know. I did, I did. And when I first started following Jesus, I felt like he... I felt like I wasn't supposed to, like I was supposed to give it up. Like this wasn't, obviously we know for health reasons, all the things. So I tried to stop and I just couldn't do it. And I would try and i try, but then I would keep smoking. And then one day, the Lord said to me, well, what do you think this is relieving? I'm like, well, it kind of relaxes me. So maybe stress and anxiety. He goes, well, why don't you invite me into that place? Why don't you invite me to shine your light? into that place. And so I said, okay. So, so every time I started feeling stress and I wanted to go for the cigarette, I, I, I said, <clears throat> okay, Lord, shine your light. I, I invite you in, shine your light in that place. And then all of a sudden, I started to lose my desire to smoke. Just over and over, it started going away and eventually I quit. See, the more I nurtured the light, the more I did what was right. It was like a natural overflow. I want you to think about your life. How bright is your light shining? Where do you need to nurture your light? See, Paul gives some amazing practical steps in Ephesians. And I want to go down to actually verse 18 where he gives some real practical things of how we can really walk this out. He says, verse 18... And do not get drunk with wine. Man, we are just going over after all the things today, aren't we? Cigarettes, wine. He goes, for that is debauchery. I always, you know, every time I see this word, it's like debauchery. I don't see, doesn't it feel like a British word? That's debauchery. Well, it just means reckless living or, or rebellion. He says, don't get drunk with wine instead, but be filled with the Spirit. See, here we begin to see the key. God's spirit. See, the number one thing we need to do to nurture our light is to welcome his wind. See, this word spirit is actually the, the Greek word pneuma. And it means spirit, but it also means the breath of God, the wind of God. And, and when he says be filled, there's this connotation of continually filled. So he's like, don't get drunk with wine. Or you could say today, don't get high Okay, so I, I read this article since COVID. <clears throat> Listen to this statistic. There has been a $7.5 billion increase of alcohol sales. Now, it's kind of opening up a little more over the last few months. Those sales have not gone down. Crazy. Okay, marijuana. It's now legal in Illinois. And it's like 
more than doubled in sales since it started, and every month it's setting records. I mean, how relevant is this word for us today? See, Paul is saying you're looking for something that's a cheap substitute that's actually going to leave you worse off before. And I'll just say, I'll just say this. You know, I've experienced some of these substitutes. And I'm just going to say it plainly. There is no high like the most high. There is no high like the most high. I've had some amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit that far surpass any of those drugs, any of those things. I'm just, I'm just being real. See, I think we shortchange what is possible with the Spirit for some kind of fleeting pleasure or quick numbing out. See, he says, instead, be continually filled with the breath of God, the wind of the Spirit. See, the first way to nurture our light is we have to welcome his wind. You ever watch how the wind kind of can grab onto a flame and then make it larger than life? And what does it start igniting first? The dead things. You know that pressure that I felt on my chest that night? That was actually the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. He was convicting me of my unbelief that Jesus was the answer to my problems. His spirit was actually trying to breathe life into my stubborn and hard and fearful heart. That's what was happening. See, when we welcome his wind, we're welcoming his conviction. That's the spirit's main role. But it's not condemnation. Some of you need to hear this right now. The enemy is the one who condemns you. If you feel shame, if you feel guilty, if you feel horrible about yourself, that's actually condemnation. That is the enemy, Satan, the devil. He has lots of demons, he doesn't like you, and he wants to condemn you. But see, the spirit doesn't do that. The spirit convicts you of who you are, who you were actually made to be. You know, maybe you make a mistake, right? Maybe you sin. And you find yourself saying, man, I do not want to be this person. This is not who I am. That's the wind of the Spirit. He's pointing you in the right direction. He's actually called the guide and the teacher. See, his conviction comes to point us to hope. See, I would venture to say that during this season particularly, there's been lots of pressing happening. And some of that pressing has actually been the wind of his spirit bringing conviction. But many times we kind of ignore it. You know, sometimes it comes through a person. Many times it does. And we know deep down that person in our life is probably speaking the truth. Maybe it's a close friend or a spouse. And we rationalize, I'm fine. They are blowing this way out of proportion. But you know, the blowing is actually the wind of the spirit on your heart. You see, just like a, a real flame cannot survive without oxygen, our light must have the wind of his spirit. Invite him to convict you. Be sensitive. To, you know this is a relationship. He actually lives in you. So I want to get real practical. Before you pick this up, invite the wind. Invite the Holy Spirit. When you sense that nudge in your gut after you complained about somebody, that's the spirit. Now go clean up that mess. And instead of reaching for something else when you're really stressed, he's actually called the comforter. Isn't that crazy? The Holy Spirit is the comforter. We need comfort, like right now. I mean, every day, he is the comforter. 
See, Paul is saying, don't go to those other things. They're going to ruin your life. But be continually filled with the Spirit. See, the first way we nurture the light is we welcome his wind. And then Paul continues in verse 19. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord. Yeah, I got some phlegm. This is bad. Sorry about that. It's not going to go away. God, don't you hate that? You ever get that and it happens? Man. Okay, I'm going to keep going. He says, you'll overflow the joyful song to the Lord. Keep speaking to each other with words of scripture. So the first one is we welcome the wind. The second is we welcome his word. I really love how the Passion Translation actually draws out the meaning of the text. Because I know if you're a singer, you were like, oh yes, overflow with the joyful song. You know, and you'd see that so good. But if you're not a singer, you're like, have you heard my voice? More like a joyful gong. And the Lord loves both. You do you, okay? But what he's saying, he's trying to encourage us. What he's meaning is keeping speaking the, the scriptures over each other. See, the word is extremely powerful. It sharpens, it corrects. I I love this description of the word. He he calls it a two-edged sword. That means when you read it, it reads you. It's actually alive. And it stokes the fire in our hearts. Like I love what Julie's description of what happens were in the dark. She, She shared this last week, you know, our eyes begin to adjust when it starts to get dark, right? Eventually, we, we're kind of able to see, maybe enough to get around. It's kind of like what's happening in this room right now. And we think with the season we're in, you know, everyone's stressed. Companies are struggling to survive. Families trying to make ends meet, and things are getting darker. And then in the dark, we start to grab onto things from our past, or maybe we try some new things to bring us comfort, and we can lose our way, and our eyes adjust, and we don't even realize what's happening. It becomes darker and darker. Like, how do we get out of this? See, there's a key to nurturing our light. And, you know, I often read the Bible on my phone, and there's a powerful scripture in here in Psalm 119. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, if you're not sure where your next step should be, if you can't see where you're actually stepping, you need to go to his word. You know, there's a scripture that has marked my heart since I've been a Christian. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, We all have temptation, but God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will always show you a way out. So when I'm tempted, I know there's a way out. His word is a lamp to my feet. I know I'm standing on solid ground. But he also says, it's a light to my path. You know, maybe you see a friend. And you can tell that they're not on the right path. And you're like, hey, God is, God is faithful. He's not going to give you more than you can bear. He, he's not going to let you have more than you can bear, right? He's always going to show you a way of Escape so you can endure it. Here, dude. See, Paul is saying, speak to each other the words of Scripture. See, in order to nurture our light, we need to welcome his word. And the Lord said, let there be light. 
and there was light. Thank you, tech team. You're awesome. <laughs> See, I have this vivid memory when I was a kid of my dad and my uncle having this conversation. And my dad tried to tell a funny but pretty crude joke. And my uncle was like, oh, uh, I don't like to joke around with stuff like that. Like, that's not, actually not funny, funny to me. Let, let's not do that. And I was like, whoa. Like, it, he was kind about it, but it was bold. It, it, it marked me. See, that was the wind of the Spirit working. But, you know, the wind works together with the Word. And that's actually a verse up a little farther in Ephesians 5, this very chapter. Verse 3, guard your speech. Here we go. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, they are not for you. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. See, I think it's interesting that Paul gets really specific here. Are we cussing? Are we making inappropriate or crude jokes? You know, I've been one to do this so I could get a good laugh, but is it at the expense of my life? You know, maybe that sounds a little religious or, or legalistic, but I think what Paul is trying to highlight here is that darkness doesn't come all of a sudden. Like there are just little things that begin to ensnare us and start to choke out our light, and we don't even realize it, it happens. And so we go to the Word because that stokes our fire. It shows us, it lights up the right path. And if you're looking for direction right now, you're like, how do I get back to my light? I was once really free in this area, and all of a sudden I'm not. He's saying, go to his word. Listen to Psalm 119. It's the same psalm, just further down in verse 130. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. See, those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. Do we need insight? See, the word gives us sight. It gives us vision. It actually nurtures our light. So let me get real practical. For some of us, God is just calling you back to the word. Download the YouVersion Bible app. You know, if you're on your phone, put that on your phone. Maybe I hear the kids these days are doing the Dwell app. You know, they, they love that one, right? Start a daily devotional. Get into the word. It's simple. It, it can even be one verse. It will sharpen your heart if you invite him to do that. But I think for others of us, I sense you've been kind of afraid to speak the word to your family or your friend. Maybe for fear of rejection or retaliation. And you're being called to do what my friend did for me. You know, we, we actually need to hear hard things. We need people in our lives to speak the truth in Love. Do you know those are actually your real friends? Like I needed my friend to speak the truth of Jesus and that AOL instant messenger. I actually, I'm actually forever grateful that they didn't hold back, that they were like, well, I don't want to, I don't want, no. I, like I was heading down this dark path with this thing that was masquerading itself as light. And if they didn't speak up, it was going to be terrible. I'm so grateful that they said the hard thing to me. We need to hear the hard things. So Paul is saying, keep speaking the word of Scripture to each other. Then he goes on. Singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. See, we welcome the wind, then the word, and then we welcome worship. 
See, many people's first encounter in this environment is through what we call worship. It's when we're joining with heaven to worship Jesus. We're actually declaring promises of God. And I've talked with many of you. And many of you during that particular moment, you're like, I just cried through the whole thing. I was so overwhelmed with the love of God. Even grown men. You know, men, we're typically not as in touch with our emotions, right? We always say, it, we're fine, I'm fine. Well, that's a grain of sandpaper, okay? <laughs> You're not fine. What you? <laughs> All the women are like, amen, that's right. <laughs> but I've talked to some guys and they're like, I was so overwhelmed during worship, I had to leave the room because I, I didn't want people to see me cry. Well, what's happening? See, they're encountering the living God, living Jesus, who's not only revealing himself, but he's revealing who we are. It's powerful. See, you might think, oh, you know, coming from a worship leader, of course he's going to say worship, right? But see, nothing nurtures your light like worshiping the king in community. You know, we need personal worship, but there's something that happens when we worship together. You know, the hardest part of this season is, was the inability to gather and to worship together. And see, there's a lie. I'm just going to go in here. There's a lie in the Christian culture that says you, don't, you, you can do the Christian life alone. You know, you don't need a body of believers, right? You don't need the church, but it couldn't be farther from the truth. Do you know that we are called the body of Christ. The church is us. We are the church. It's, it's actually not this building. And the church doesn't exist unless we're connected together. Right? So Paul is saying, keep speaking to each other the words of Scripture. Singing psalms and praises and spontaneous songs. Why, why is he saying this? If, especially if you're not a musician or a singer. Why is worship so important? See, what we become, we become what we behold. Behold is an interesting word. It means to gaze or fix our attention, to meditate on. We become what we behold, or you could say it this way, we become like what we worship. You know, worship is actually this old English word, worship. Can you say it for me? Worship. Everybody say worship. That's right, there's the British accent again. It's not a very good one, but it's okay. But worship means to put our worth and our value in something. Think about this. If you worship or you put your worth in money, haven't you noticed that you become a greedier person? That's what happens. I, all, it's all about the money and then you, all you want is more and more. But when we worship or put our value in Jesus, when we fix our attention and our affection to Jesus, we actually become more like him. We find ourselves. You know, worship has been so powerful in my life when I'm trying to nurture the light I've been given. When I feel anxiety or stress, or even when I'm doubting the freedom that God has given me. Like even this week, feeling some of the intensity of, being, of sharing vulnerable things with you. I had to put on worship music. I had to take my attention off my circumstances and back onto Jesus. Do you know he's called the author and the finisher of your faith? It means no matter what someone thinks. Do you know people think a lot of things about you? Did you know that? 
when they look at you, they think a lot of things. You know, a lot of us think a lot of things about ourselves. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, we think a lot of things. But you know who has the final word over our life? Jesus. He has the final word over your life. And so what worship does is puts us into alignment. And then when we realize who we are, what he's done, what he's made us to be, then, then we have freedom to share the light. Like how can I hold that back when God has done so much in my life? Like maybe you don't have the words. Maybe you're doubting who you are. That light feels dim. The encouragement from Paul is to welcome worship. Invite worship. Go back to the one who actually defines you. And that's maybe more on the personal side, but he mentions something when we worship together. Singing psalms and hymns and spontaneous songs. See, there's amazing songs that have been written. We've even written some of those songs in this house, which are amazing. But there's another place that I hope happens today that I kind of call kingdom come moments. It's when we can tune into heaven, what's happening in heaven right now, and release it onto earth. Sometimes, and you maybe have wondered, what are they doing up there when they're talking about singing songs that, you know, are not on the screen? See, God knows exactly what we need. He knows what needs to, we need to stoke our fire to bring healing and freedom in our life. And sometimes he wants those sung out over us. Here, here's an amazing verse that you might not know. Zephaniah 3.18. Did you know that it says that God is actually singing over us right now? The Lord right now, the creator of the universe, is singing over this room. What is he singing? See, there's an ability to tune in. And I'll say those moments for me have nurtured my light like nothing before. You know, I shared a kind of raw story at the beginning because it's supposed to show you that there is nothing impossible with God. Like I'm not in charge of my fruit and I can't make good fruit happen in my life. But as I've nurtured the light with Jesus, the light that Jesus has given me, he's brought some amazing supernatural fruits in my life. One of them is the blessing of my family. My beautiful wife, my four children. Like, only God can do that. Only God can take an impossible situation that the whole world is saying there's not freedom from, but there is, and turn it around. See, I'm sharing this with you because my light is supposed to encourage your light to shine. See, you are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. That it's not supposed to be under a basket. It's actually supposed to shine out for the whole world to see. He's put something in you that he wants to do through you. So nurture that thing. Nurture that light. Welcome his wind. Welcome his word. Welcome worship. Would you all stand? We're going to just enter into a time where we put this into practice. God wants to do some work today. And that work is going to feel a lot like freedom. So... Would you just put your hands out, just like you're going to get a gift? You see what happens even when the music starts? This isn't manipulation. We're tuning into heaven. There's worship happening in heaven right now. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this room. 
We welcome you in this room. We welcome your wind. We welcome your conviction, Lord. God, we were free so we can free others. And so Holy Spirit, come. Come and shine your light, God. We just, I just invite you, Jesus. I know I'm still working on this. I invite you to shine your light in my heart, God. I ask for more, Lord. We'll be the most, most free, the most best version of ourselves with your light inside. And so we just say yes to you this morning, God. We invite you more, Lord. Let us burn for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Amen.